Greetings and welcome to the Golf Bank System Podcast 115. We are discussing the Arnold Palmer Invitational on the PGA Tour and the Qatar Masters on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Bank System, and with me we have good Golf Bank System's European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How are you this morning? We're all right. You good? I'm not bad at all, actually. Thank you. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk. We've got so much to talk about. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Please subscribe to. I'm smiling here. Please subscribe to the podcast and drive the popularity of the show. Naturally, we are available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Paul is available on Twitter at Golf Betting. Let's drive him, drive him to ten thousand followers. And I'm available at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System. Uh, no, I shouldn't read that. It's actually the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Uh, I've just done the show, actually. Uh, so, yeah, just search for Steve Bamford Golf YouTube, and uh, you will find the new YouTube channel. Now, please take time to rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. As ever here, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of the next week's show. We need some reviews for the Big Players Championship show next week. Mm-hmm. So take 30 seconds, a minute out of your day, whether you're in the United States, you're in the UK, you're in Ireland, you're in Australia, wherever you listen, take some time out, give us a review next week. I'll read it out at the start of the Players Championship show, which is always a biggie. I have a... Um, I have a review here, Paul. Okay, it's from good. Joey Sampson, and he is in the US of A. Must listen, five stars. These two really know their stuff. Great information provided, and they make it entertaining. It is now a must listen for me, along with Four Play Pod and Draws and Fades. We're in his top three podcasts now, Paul. Very nice. Joey Sampson. So, Joey. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Cheers, Joey. Should we talk about last week? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let, let me... Look, look, look. Go I'll start. start. I'll start. Before I go into a tirade. Firstly, I must say, well done to Ben Coley for hitting the transatlantic double. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a phenomenal performance. I mean, we had a chance, actually. We had a big, we had a very big chance, but um, yeah. we we had players right in the mix. But to do that, kudos, total kudos. So fantastic, well done. Um, Honda Classic. I had a really close look at some JM. Didn't pick him. Big regret. Mm. I hate missing on like 33, 40 to one winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was impressive though, wasn't he? Sunday. Oh, he, uh... You know, those, those, Sung, those Sung Jae-ing yeah, Sung statistically doesn't have a lot of weakness. No, no. And you always look at it, numbers are always strong, pops a lot of models, get that. Um, he'd also finished in the top, I think it was, was it? He had two top tens in Florida last year when he was a rookie. Mm. It all made perfect sense. The one thing I doubted was whether he could play well in the wind. So that's been put to the bed now as well. Well, yeah, and Jeju Island is from, isn't he? So you'd expect yeah. there to be yeah. a lot of. He's, he's had a lot of experience playing in the wind, so. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, going back to those par threes coming home, 
to, to knock both of those to what within about eight feet or so outstanding, mm. wasn't it? To make the putts. That's just sewn the tournament up, isn't it? I, I don't know about you, but for me, he is the most um I think he's the best player to come out of South Korea since KJ Choi. Yeah, it was I, a lot of wasn't he? I think him is the kind of guy that could win a player's championship. He's the kind of guy that could potentially get in the mix in a major. Mm. I can't say the same about Benny Ann. No, no, no. Although much improved last week, wasn't he? He's improving, but Im is strong mentally, isn't he? And you can see that from his numbers. When he te- when he gets into converting territory, he hangs around. How many times have we seen Benny Ann either get into contending uh, and and throw it away or backdoor top fives like he did again last week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, yeah. So I think him him mighty impressive. Yeah, no, he was. And you know, we've we've talked about him for a while in terms of his potential and you know, as many commentators on the sport have, and it was it was only a matter of time, wasn't it, before he got to, he got one over the line, but. Very impressive. I was um, super impressed with the way he closed it out. So Super good. tournament. Mm. I love those tournaments on the PGA Tour. I get so bored with 20 under winning. Yeah, it's yeah. great to see a proper tournament on the PGA Tour in, on occasion. Yeah. Um, I had two right in the mix. I couldn't... Gary Woodland in interview said that his three doubles were all, on Saturday, were all down to his ball ending up in sandy divots each right. time. Yeah. I don't disbelieve the guy. No, and there's not much you can do about that. You, you know, the rubber to green, isn't it? Effectively, you're going to get that with any sport, and uh, you get that. That's with, life, with, isn't with it? Golf, At the end it? of the day, if you take away, if if those three doubles become three bogeys, even he's one shy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's golf betting. Um. And Lee Westwood, he was right in the mix for most of it. He's certainly having a renaissance, Leon. He's gone up another couple of points in the world rankings. I think he's 28 this week. And he's now into the automatic spots uh, for the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Big focus for him, wasn't it? Big fo- it was a big price last week. I mean, for your perspective, from an each-way pick-up, 80 to 1. It's a lovely, lovely spot and a very nice return. Um, you know, it, 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 in truth... You know, on Sunday, he didn't get that close to the lead, did he? But he hung, he hung around. He made, he made that birdie, birdie on the last, which is always nice. To well, you know what? Otherwise, it would have been that nightmare scenario that I you often get, isn't it? It's when you, you all of a sudden you've got two in the top seven, but there's about seven ties with them, and you're getting <laughs> yeah. peanuts back for the week, and you think, how the hell yeah. have I ended not making a bean, in fact, losing out of that week when I've had two players in the mix the whole week? Yeah. So for him to birdie the last... I was actually uh, quite pleased with that because yeah. I've had that so many times. You end up with nothing. Mm. Uh, so yes, birded the last. Um, what did you think of Tommy Fleetwood? <sighs> yeah, he's tough, isn't it? I mean, Everyone's blaming the fact that someone that someone shouted in his backs in his downswing. Yeah, you know, I, I, and yeah. You, you get other stuff on Twitter saying, "Well, actually, look, if you actually look at the live footage from this camera, it was actually after, and it was the feed that was." So I don't know. Yeah, well, undoubtedly there was a noise. Um, undoubtedly there was massive pressure on him to to play that shot. But you would have expected Tommy to get that, um, you know, to, to make birdie from that position. Where was he? Two thirty, two fifteen, something like that. Out wasn't he from the yeah, middle yeah. of the fairway? 
you know, Tommy's an incredible ball striker. He's 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 finding the dance floor. He's he's just just off it on you know eight out of ten times that he's, he's rarely is he sticking the ball in the water. So perhaps it did affect him. It's, it's difficult to know. I've I've not seen any word from him himself to say, um, you know, if that was the case or you know whether whether that did impact his swing. But clearly it was there. Clearly the footage shows that uh, there was a noise and um, it's disappointing, isn't it? Disappointing for him, but. Yeah. Tommy is another one of those players who likes to rack up these second place finishes, doesn't he? And if you're backing him at short prices, yeah, great each way chance, but um, he's rarely actually converting for the um, for the win. Which ten to one was he best price? Twelves favourite? He was ten yeah. to one with a lot of firms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I, I said, I mean, I was in I was in absolute physical pain last week, wasn't I? I kept saying to you, I want to back Tommy. Yeah. I would back Tommy. At the right price, yeah. At, at 16, right 18, price. 20 yeah. to 1. I, mean, I think Tommy can win. He's likely to win. Uh, he had a great chance of winning. Um, I just can't back him at those prices. I can't. Mm. And this week, again, yeah, I'm seeing him shorts 12 to 1. Yeah. Not for me. You, like, what can you do? I mean, last week, to have made any profit out of that, you'd have literally just had to put all your stakes on Tommy Fleetwood and, you, and you'd, have got a, um, you'd have got a fifth return at 10 to 1. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, would have you know would have been disappointing for the position he was. He was what was he a couple clear early on on Sunday, wasn't he? Yeah, two clear at one stage. And, yeah. You know, again, an elite player, and Tommy's in that bracket now. He, an elite player should be converting those opportunities. And He's also a very popular player, so so the the odds compilers know if they put him up at any reasonable price, he will get slaughtered. Yes. Yes. He'll get hammered. Yep. So he's he's always underpriced. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's always short, and he, but he's always in the mix, and uh, you know mm. you'd expect him to just get over the line a few more times than he does for the positions that he finds himself in. Perhaps it just needs to be that extra ruthless streak. That's I don't know, you know, the the, the Patrick Reed ability to just convert those opportunities when they're staring you in the face. Can you actually generate that, or is that something you're born with? <sighs> Don't know, you know, these guys are working with sports psychologists and you know people who are trying to impact the way that they think about and manage their games in those situations. And I, I think there's there's a there's a competitive nature. There's a there's a ruthless streak which probably is inherent. It's probably you you're probably born with that as your you know the, the way that you attack life mm. in general, I guess. But um, but yeah, in terms of being able to block everything out else out in the business end of an, a, a tournament and convert an opportunity, I think there's there's ways and means of, mm. of developing your brain and your mindset to do that. And you know these guys are, these guys know what they're doing. They work. They've got whole teams that sit behind them that are working all these different aspects. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But clearly, it's some so, get it, it more it, than it, others, don't they? Yeah, of course. So yeah, all in all, good tournament. I thought mm. I was I was pleased to make a profit. Yes. Now, let's get to the really painful part of last week. Oman. Yeah. Oman a, Open. Yeah, it was a lovely course. You, you, you tipped up Brandon Stone, 80 to 1. Yeah. And I've been on he was, he was one shot ahead with the young Finn 22 feet away. Yeah, yeah. On the final well, half. I mean, you know, Brandon had been there or thereabouts all the way through that final round. And... Mm. You know, tied for the lead or one behind or tied for the lead. And 
to to make the part on the 18th and it was a, an incredible part off from off the green what was it 35 40 feet something like that and um, he thought he'd won it you know he, he, he was celebrating like he'd won it. it i thought he'd won it and you know it took an incredible you know as i said in my preview what can only be described as a clutch putt to to put uh, Sammy Valley Mackey into the um, into the playoff, um, and from there, and again, I don't think the body language from Stone was bad at all. He looked relaxed in the playoff. He looked happy. He was smiling. Um, he had a great chance on the second playoff hole to win. You know, from about 11, 12 feet, something like that, and just slightly overhit it for the line that he played. Um, you know, on another day, he makes that putt. Another day, Sammy doesn't make that putt on 18 and uh, we walk away with an 80 to 1 winner. Yeah, on, on, on top of a 50 to 1 winner the week before. Let's get that in there. As yeah, well. yeah. And you know, you've, you've hit your straps, Paul. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's like, the, like the golfers who uh, come and find those couple of weeks of form and then disappear again after, after that. So let's, let's I'm going to be, be talking to you all next week, Paul. Who's going to win the next race at Cheltenham? <laughs> Don't ask me that, Steve. No, 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 no. It will soon turn to dust. That's that's a recipe for bankruptcy if you try to get Cheltenham tips off of me. But no, Steve, I thought I'd won it. I thought he'd won it. I thought we'd won. So it was was disappointing, but um, incredibly impressive from Valley Mackey. Um, Mm. You know, even in the playoff, he'd made a... You know, a four and a half, five footer to stay in it on the second uh, second playoff hole, and that you know, a lesser man could have uh, could have missed that. He could have could have found the pressure too much and uh, and, and let that one drift by. Didn't do that, and the, the mistake eventually came from Stone. He just, um, he just slightly misjudged the wind, I think, on his approach on the third playoff hole. And oh, I I really like that course in Omar. It's really it's good. A, yeah. it's, a, it's a lovely little course. I mean, you compare that course to what they. They built in Saudi, and what all of the superstars are playing in Saudi. Yeah. I think that that course in Amman is a, is a lot better. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a great course to watch. Yeah, it is, and yeah. it's a testing course. Again, we like we like testing courses. Yeah, when 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 there's a little bit of wind around, and you know, if there was a lot of wind one year, that would be a, it would be a real real challenge. Oh yeah, yeah, it needs a little bit of wind to keep the players honest. But um, yeah, it's really good. It's a shame a few of the, the other players don't come along and play it because, as you say, it is a cracking venue. Clearly, they used to play it as the uh, season ender for the uh, the Challenge Tour, and you can see why. You know, they picked it as a as a, a big, strong course that's uh, that's uh, you know suitable for that kind of tournament. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I hope they stay there for a, a good few years moving forwards. So in the end, we both got eighty one places last week, but it yeah. could have been so much better. No, no, both both in profit for the week. So um, you dust yourself down and move on to the next you move week. On, didn't you? You, you you can't dwell on it too too long. Nah. Right. Let's let's focus uh, on the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, big big tournament. Absolutely loaded field. I mean, when you're seeing the likes of uh, Phil Mickelson at eighty to one. Uh, you know, even players like Charles Svartz or Poulter, they're triple digits. Yoking Neiman at 100 to 1. Kevin Knight, it shows you the strength of field that's here. Yeah. And you've got players that are in good nick, like a Harris English, 110 to 1. Yeah. Uh, Charles Howe third at 125. There's some big, big prices. Lanto Griffin, you know, a lot of these very popular players. I'll tell you one player I do like at a big price. Mm. Who's got some good course form as well, Carlos Ortiz? Mm. 
We've been talking about Ortiz for a while on this podcast, haven't we? Yeah. The fact that he's maturing, came close at the end of last year, didn't he? In uh, at the Mayakoba, and he he was again to, uh, top sixteen at the WGC a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, again in his home ta- in his home country. Impressive, uh, yeah. impressive performances. Again, you know, you're talking about a strength of field as strong as this is. These players, are they going to find their way into the top seven, top eight with a couple of bookies this week, isn't it? Um, But yeah, potentially as a DraftKings player, there's a lot of players that are a little bit further down that could be. Yeah, we'll mention DK because there's a couple that jump out, aren't there? And I know Mm. that we get a lot of DK listeners from the United States. Thank you to all of you guys. And clearly there's there's a few over there in the United States that listen because they can have a bet as well. in their respective states. But yeah, okay. I mean, everyone knows this tournament. I'm not I'm not proposing to get too stuck into the detail. Um it's a 7450 yard par 72. It's clearly played at Bay Hill Country Club, which is Arnie, Arnie's place. Um huge huge links to Arnold Palmer. It's a tournament that, that the top boys want to win. Why wouldn't you? It's invitational status now. Uh, it's, so it's a three-year exemption on the PGA Tour. And as we keep talking now, the road to Augusta. It's a well-paved road. Arnold Palmer this week. Uh, players' Championship next week. A lot of players will then go straight to the WGC in Austin for the match play. And then it is the Masters for them. So you've got a lot of top elite pros who have effectively got this week next week and then the match play and then they will be driving down Magnolia Lane for the Masters. It starts to focus minds, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's a tough golf course. It's a classical golf course as well. So um, a lot of it is tree-lined. A lot of it has um, quite... um, There's a few dog legs. There's some very stretching par fives. I think uh, three of the five are above um, 560. They extended one last year to turn that from 560 to 590. Um, it's the kind of course that can bite you. But what we have seen in previous years here is you compare this to the Honda Classic down the coast at West Pole, down down um, down the state at West Palm Beach. This doesn't tend to get a lot of wind because it's quite in you know it's quite in in um, well, central in Orlando. Yeah, that's changing this year though, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I saw. There's a lot of wind in the forecast. A lot of wind. And you were looking at the forecast with me this morning as well. The winds, it's not only quite strong and and it's across all four days, it's changing direction day by day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this golf course is going to play different Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every day has a different wind direction. Yeah, it's going to keep them on their toes, isn't it? It is. Now, last year, we saw Francesco Molinari win this at 11 under. And you can see the weather section in my preview. Uh, There's always a link to both Paul and my preview in the description box of the podcast. Now, last year, uh, win, 6 to 12 Thursday, 6 to 12 uh, Friday. Uh, I'm talking miles per hour as well. 10 to 15 on uh, Saturday, 5 to 10 on Sunday when Frankie made his run. So really, not you know, just a, a, a light breeze kept kept them on their toes. I'm seeing I'm seeing gusting twenty, if not over twenty, the, for the whole of this week. Yeah, I think this is going to turn this into a bit of a grind, a bit of a messy tournament, mate. Well, 
Frankie didn't get particularly low last year, did he? What was it? The 11, 11, 12, 11, 11 under. under. So you're looking single figures quite probably then, aren't you, to, to get the job We had done. 11 under. Forget about, I think, McElroy's 18, 19 under in 2018. That, uh, and it, that is not going to be anywhere near where we're at this year. Mark Leishman, 2017-11 under. Yeah, that's interesting because the final Sunday, it was blowing 25 miles an hour plus that day yeah, that Leishman yeah. won. Yeah. I think of the recent renewals, that is probably the closest that we'll get to this week. Mm. Uh, it's a good proxy, actually, because Leishman's a good win player as well, isn't he? So it makes... So's, Char- so's Charlie Hoffman and Kevin Kisner. They came tied second, a shot behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great win players. Tyrrell Hatton was in the top four, a top five as well with McElroy and Adam Hadwin. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm thinking 2017, great proxy. I've, I haven't seen the wind blow at this at Bay Hill for, for since we've gone to this new format of course where they've widened the fairways I mean they're wide old fairways Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens as we saw last week at the Honda I, if 11 if 12 under won it last year I could see this being single digits you yeah, know yeah yeah it could be an 8 or 7 8 9 under job couldn't it quite easily yeah Difficult to say. I could be completely wrong. Could be 15 under wins it. I don't know. But sitting here right now over here in the UK on a Tuesday morning and when I was pulling all of the tips together yesterday, for me, I was thinking no more than 10, 11 under wins this. Tough golf course, I think we're going to find this week. Right. If we're looking at previous prices for winners, Molinari last week was uh, last year was thirty three to one. McElroy was twenty to one. Twenty to one on Rory McElroy. That yeah. shows you the kind of form McElroy was, was in. He, that he season. wasn't in blistering form. He wasn't coming off the back of a he wasn't. second and third, was he? Which, Everyone uh, was totally on his back, if you remember, saying you haven't won for such and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty to one. More. Mark Leishman won at hundred to one. Average those out. Last three winners of this fifty. One to one across the last three years. Yeah. Before that, Jason Day at 14s, Matt Every at 300s, Every in 2014 was 66s, and then we go into the Woods era when he's just smashing it up in single digits. Mm. Martin Laird, 2011, 45 to one. He was top 50 in the world at that point, Martin Laird. Okay. This is the thing I find interesting about this tournament. First, it's a classical golf course. When you look at the um, traditional skill statistics, average them out over the last 10 renewals. (laughs) This happens a lot on these classical tests. Any kind of game shape can win this. Mm. I mean, in Matt Every, you've got a great putter. In Jason Day, you've got a phenomenal driver of the golf ball that's got a superb scrambling and putting game. Mark Leishman is a great all-rounder. Um, Francesco Molinari, more of an accurate ball striker, who, as we know, over that 12 to 15-month period when he had won the Open, won this, won some big tournaments in Europe before then, until he got to the final round at Augusta a couple of weeks later, he was putting brilliantly as well at that stage as well. Yeah, it does tell you that despite it being 7,500 yards in length, it's not all about power off the tee. Exactly. There's a different mix there, isn't it? So when I'm looking at tournament skill averages, traditional stats, 
it's um, accurate. The top the top stats were greens in regulation. You they you average them out. They were fifteenth a piece. So fifteenth for greens in regulation. Fifteenth for um, putting average. Um, as you said, I think any shape of game can win here. You look at this in terms of strokes gain. This is where it gets really really fascinating. So Day, Leishman, McElroy, Molinari, last four winners strokes gained. Average them out. Strokes gained off the T19. Strokes gained on approach 21st. Strokes gained around the green 33rd. Strokes gained T to green 10th. This is completely different to what we saw last week at the Honda Classic, where strokes gained T to green, I think, averaged out across the last four winners at third. Putting was in the 20s. This week, we've got strokes gained T to green 10th. Strokes gained putting third. Yeah. yeah. So Molinari was fourth for strokes gained. Rory McIlroy was strokes game putting first in 2018. <laughs> Leishman second, Jason Day sixth. You oh, yeah. have got to have a hot putter at Bay Hill. I vaguely remember that putting performance from McIlroy. Oh, it was, was crazy. That the one he where was, he, he, didn't, was... he didn't miss inside 10 feet all week no. or something. Yeah. And he was nailing, nailing yeah, 20, was... 25 footers on the yeah, Sunday. making everything. Justin right. Rose just looking at him, shaking his head, going, this is just incredible. <laughs> Yeah. But when he's like that, when he plays like that, Rory, you can't compete with him, can you? He's, you no, know, of course you can't. He's, he's hitting fairways a long way down, he's hitting greens and he's making putts. I mean, you, you win tournaments when you're like that. Yeah. Again, another crazy angle. I'm going to take you from Matt Every back. So Matt Every in his second win. Miss cut, this was four min. Miss cut 63rd, 49th, 69th. Right. Jason Day, the year he won. Bear in mind he was world number one. He'd started the year 23rd at Doral, 11th at Pebble, miscut Torrey Pines. Mark Leishman, 27th at PJ National, miscut 24th, 20th. Rory McIlroy, year that he won, 20 to 1, miscut at Copperhead, 59th at the Honda, 20th at Riviera, miscut Pebble. Frankie Molinari last year, 17th in Mexico, 27th out of 35 at Kapalua. It's not screaming absolute in-your-face form, is it? No, no. I don't think you need to be coming off a top three at, uh, at the Honda to be to be the only type of person who can win this. There's many shapes or forms of incoming form, by the looks of it. Yeah, so if I go back to Ernie Els, he'd won at Doral two weeks, the WGC Cadillac, before winning this. I get that. Um, there was a Martin Laird, I think he'd finished in the top five. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It does happen. Trends get broken. It isn't screaming to me a Tommy Fleetwood at 14 to 1, a Bryson DeChambeau at 16 to 1, a Hideki Matsuama, who hasn't won for God knows how many years, at 20 to 1. Mm. And my personal opinion is he struggles on Bermuda grass greens. Also, none of those, you know, it doesn't also screen previous winners. So, an Adam Scott who won a few weeks ago, is he likely to win? Well, fates, you know, a lot of that trend says no. Xander's making his course debut, putting terribly. What I do see, though, across Day, Leishman, Rory, McElroy is players that had found a level of form with the putter before winning this. So, Day had finished sixth for strokes game putting at Doral outing before if you looked at it from a um, putting average perspective he'd finished 16th and 14th for putting average the two tournaments before um, Leishman had finished 9th for strokes game putting the outing before at the Honda that was 14th for putting average Matt Rack McElroy had had an absolute disaster at Copperhead but the 
The outing before that at Honda, he'd finished in the top 17 for strokes game putting. He was also 14th for putting average. Mm. And then last year, Frankie Molinari, um, he'd finished 19th for strokes game tee to green. I think he was, six te- he was in the top 10 for strokes game approach in Mexico. Uh, but also for his putting, 1.72, 11th in Mexico and 1.714th for putting average in uh, Kapalua. So people there that had been putting quite nicely. And that's where I'm at. I'm looking for elite players who haven't really played or hit their straps so far this year who have been putting nicely recently. Yeah, and I think it's interesting the point you made about players that have recently won, the Adam Scotts. You know, if they're talking about or their their objective is to get their game into kind of a winning shape before they get to, to Augusta. That's, it's, yeah, it's mission accomplished, isn't it? You know, you, you've proven to yourself that your game's in the right shape. Now, what do you you're do? ticking over now till you hit Augusta, yeah, aren't you? Exactly. Do, do, do you want to go hell for leather to, you know, get more wins under your belt in the meantime, or do you you want to, you know, time your next run so that it coincides with the, the first week of April? Um, you know, that's that that's the uh, that, that's the key, I think. You know, Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, these players have they. they they're confident now, aren't they? They're, they're doing what they set out to do. They're, they know that their game's in a great state for Augusta in a couple of weeks. Are they Are they really going to go hell to level now? I'm not sure they are. Xander could do with a win. He could do with a putting coach at the moment as well. But um, <laughs> Xander could do with a win. You know, Hideki clearly and DeChambeau, they'd all want to be winning. Tony Fee now, he's at your usual 33-1 to 1 price. Jason Day's interested, but you've also got so many top players now, as ever, who are to- horribly out of form. Ricky Fowler, thirty-three to one. Brooks Kepka. You know, I'm seeing Kepka at thirty to one. Yeah, I know. Mad. Just price, Justin it? Rose, forty to one. Yep. Horribly Four, out of form. Former world number ones, the pair of them. And, uh, yeah, just not not at it right now, are they? So I wouldn't be overly surprised if a Kepka or a Rose or a Fowler actually pops up this week and gets right in contention because they mm. must be desperately practicing and trying to find what's missing out of their game yeah, to do yeah. that. You know, we don't think you know he's not playing this week. Dustin Johnson's another one that's horribly out of form. I need to speed up. Really, I've actually tipped up five, mm. but they're all they're all fifty to one plus. Um, the first one that came to my mind for this, uh, local resident, the first three uh, tips I'm tipping up are all of one and a half points. Uh, they're all each way. First one is Bubba Watson. 50 to 1, I've got seven places each way with Coral. Now, you won with Patrick Reed at 50 to 1 at WGC Mexico. I just think Bubba, and we've been talking about Bubba a lot this season. He's playing some great golf, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not far off, is he? When he was chalk... Uh, at Riviera, naturally it all collapsed and he missed the cut and he, he putted like uh, Boo Weekly. But then even last time out at Mexico, bear in mind we're not looking for people for hot, with hot form here. So a missed cut and an 18th in Mexico is the kind of form I'm looking for this week. When I look at my eight-week trackers, he's all over it like a rash. So I, I take the last eight-week tournaments, so it goes back to the Sony Open, and I basically look at their um, the field positions of all the in, uh, all the players and find out where they average out across the field. So in this field, he's 18th for greens and reg, 8th for scrambling, 8th for scrambling, Bubba Watson, mm. and then strokes gained off the uh, strokes gained, 6th off the tee, strokes gained on approach ninth, 
18th around the green. So again, he's scrambling nicely. Sixth for strokes gains tee to green. Get this. 13th for strokes gain putting. And that includes that awful putting performance in Riviera. You took mm. that away. I think he'd be easy in the top three or four for yeah, strokes gain putting. Yeah. That's mad for Bubba yeah. Watson. The all-round game seems to be there, doesn't it? And he's fifth, the... fifth for strokes gain total. When I say strokes gain total, that is your strokes. I'm trying to explain it. The, that effectively is recent eight-week form strokes gained. Yeah. He's fifth in this field. He's yeah. at 50-1. to one. He lives around the corner. He's a member. Plays this course regularly as clockwork. And what's his price for the Masters? 33, something like that? So you're getting a much, you know, potentially a 50% premium on his price this week to win a non-major versus Augusta in a couple of weeks' time, right, in four weeks' time. Hmm. Yep, food for thought, Stephen. Two wins on the Bermuda grass, TPC Louisiana, and also Austin Country Club. And again, you look at Day, Leishman, Rory, Frankie Molinari, they've all played well at the World Match Play down in Texas. Mm. Tiff Eagle, Bermuda grass greens. I actually watched some of it. I watched him beating Kevin Kisner on YouTube the other day. He absolutely mullered Kisner, although Kisner was playing awfully, but Bubba was putting so well. When that Bubba putter works for those... What, you know, a month or it can be a matter of weeks with Bubba. He he can be unbeatable. He's he's very um he's in the same mould as McElroy to a certain extent. I know he's nowhere near the level of consistency. But when that putter's working, he's so good from tee to green, he, he wins tournaments. And again, we keep talking you know, win equity, win equity, win equity. We know with Bubba wins golf tournaments, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does not shirk. Next up for me, another 50 to 1 shot, although there are bigger prices out there for this particular individual. Um, there is a little bit of 55s out there. I'm going Tyrrell Hatton, who I know you were extremely impressed with at Mexico, and so was I, for yeah. a man that hadn't played for how many months off a, yeah, off a yeah, risk injury? Yeah. It was uh, kind of November time, I think, that's yeah. uh, the last time we saw him. But I, I was super impressed how he came back and. Uh, you know, hit the ground running after after a long layoff. I think he was impressed with himself as well. So all good. The other thing with Hatton, I know that he's European touring, you know, mainly. He he can keep form together, Carney. Mm. Great win player. When it gets gnarly, fifth at the twenty sixteen and sixth at the twenty twenty Open Championships played at Royal Troon and Royal Port Rush when it was nasty. Yeah, yeah. Also sixth at the 2018 US Open. He's got two top tens at the PGA Championship. Doesn't, yeah, yeah. He doesn't play a lot of domestic golf in the states. But when he has played the uh, the Florida Swing, don't forget back in 2017, he was fourth at the Honda Classic. Came here, came here, finished fourth as well. I was on board that week. I just think 50 to one, bet fair, eight place each way for Hatton. If he plays anywhere like he did last time, he'll be towards the top of the leaderboard. I've got no doubt about that. Next up, I've always been burnt on this particular individual. Never, never called him right. A bit like Billy Horschel. I didn't, I didn't say Billy Horschel's getting very close to my bucket. <laughs> Hasn't quite toppled in yet, but he's getting there, mate. <laughs> Billy Horschel. He took, took a step closer after last week. Step closer last week. Um, Abraham Answer. And if we go down this route of President's Cup narrative, 2019, Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman, Webb Simpson, Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, and now Sung J.M., I keep saying, and I'm not the only one, Abraham Ants has got to be close to a PJ Tour victory. I got 60 to 1, 8 place each way of 50 odds with Boyle Sports on Answer. He was 12th last year at TPC Sawgrass. And if you look at this tournament and Sawgrass, there's big, big, big links. 
12th last year in Sawgrass. He was third after 36 holes and fifth going into Sunday. I think 12 months down the line, he's a far better player. I mean, he's fourth at the WGC HSBC. Uh, he was second last year at the Northern Trust, which they the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. When he gets to the top of leaderboards with whoever's you know top top players, he hangs around. Hmm. I think he's due. Yep. In built inbound form, forty third at Riviera, twelfth at Chapultepec, so just under that level where you'd look back and go, well, he wasn't in the greatest of Nick. Yes, he, he. I think he finished sixth in Saudi and second at, back in um, PJ West third week of the season. Yeah. But actually, that immediate form, 43rd Riviera, 12th at Chipotlebeck, He, I saw him as big as he's 66s. I mean, that's a, normally I think Ants is one that's they cut the price from under him. This week he looks quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, well, again, it's a, a reflection on the quality of the field that's out there as well. But uh, but yeah, I, and as you say, this this whole President's Cup narrative that sits behind uh, you know, these the players, and they, they just keep winning, don't they? Players from, from last year's teams. In Ryder Cup year, you don't really expect it. You kind of expect the Europeans and the Americans to be dominating. But it's not working like that at the moment. I've then gone two at um, even bigger prices, a point each way on both. If you're looking for a Bermuda grass golf course monster who plays absolute pants golf on the West Coast, apart from the Sony Open, which is clearly played on Bermuda grass, um, and who then starts popping onto leaderboards as soon as he gets into the southern United States, look no further than Kevin Gisner. Point each way, 80-1, to one, seven place each way with Betfred. I won't bore you with his Bermuda grass wins and top tens. It's just endless. Second and first at the WGC Dell match play at Austin Country Club um, on Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens over the last two years. As we know, fantastic win player. And he putted very, very nicely in Mexico. I think he was 10th for strokes going putting. Mm. On Poana Greens, he absolutely despises. The other thing with Kisner, you go back to 2017, and we, as we said earlier, finished second, tied with Hoffman, a shot behind Leishman when, in that windy renewal at 11 under here. And his win, his last stroke play win was 2017, Colonial, another classical tree-line golf course. He won that at 10 under, and that tournament was just win the whole way through. Yeah. He's a grinder. Don't was he second a few years ago at the Open? He's got a great short game, isn't he? I mean, for me, you know, there's, there's certain things that stick in your mind about players, and and Kisner for me, he's, a, he's got a great little short game. And uh, I think whether it was in your preview or something you said to me about this event this week, but you know, players are going to be making at best seventy percent greens in regulation this week. So thirty percent of the time, you're going to be needing to get yourself up and down. And players who've I got never that ability. It. Yeah, these these greens, Paul, are traditionally some of the firmest and fastest yeah, yeah. on the PGA Tour. And this this I think this this they had six millimeters of rain last week. This this course is dry, mm. unless they get the local fire brigade around and start getting the hoses out because they know it's going to be windy. <laughs> this this golf course is going to be firm, fast. Yeah. I think it's going to be very very open championship linksy feel to it. Yeah. You'd need as you you're just saying. If you're hitting anywhere close to 70% greens in regulation this week, you're going to be topping that category. Mm. You are going to have to have short grain and good wind, you know, wind-affected putting and Bermuda grass putting. That is key this week. Kisner just fits, doesn't he? Mm. And then finally, I can't... I rarely tip this guy up. Never popular. Always seemingly overpriced because of that, but... 
Good God, this guy wins some big tournaments. 66 to 1, 33 to 1, and 150 to 1 was his last win. Last year, he's got five PGA Tour victories. He's mixed it at the very top of major championships, be that the Masters or wind-affected Open Championships. You look at his correlating form across strong classical golf courses. Torrey Pines, Riviera, Augusta, Quail Hollow. He's a winner at Quail. He's finished second at Torrey Pines. He's a winner at Riviera. JB Holmes. Mm. And he's putting lights out, mate. His form this year, 30, 16, 16, 14, 14, 51st. It's almost very, it's very, very similar form that to Mark Leishman back in 2017. Yeah, yeah, it's consistent, isn't it? My trackers, he's first for putting average, third for strokes gained putting, and he's 10th for strokes gained total. So like I say... Eight-week recent form, strokes gained total. He's 10th in this field. He's 100 to 1. Yeah. Yeah, and he gets a lot of bad press, doesn't he, for the, the, his, you know, his speed and slow play. But, uh, you know, should that affect him? This week, it is tougher than everyone's going to be slowing down a little bit anyway, aren't they? It's not going to be a, a rattle-round in four-hour job. But for someone that bombs it, can get 55, 60% greens in regulation. If he's scrambling games on point and he keeps this putter rolling, mate, he's right in the mix, J.B. Holmes. And he wins big tournaments. Don't forget that last win at Riviera, loaded. Absolutely loaded. Won it 150 to 1. Saw off JT. He saw off Justin Thomas, didn't he, in the final round? Always one to watch out for in the first round leader market as well, JB. And I know mm. I looked at the market earlier, and uh, there were only a few. There was only about five or six bookies up, so I haven't placed any first round leader bets yet. But uh, subject to what his tee time is and uh, the prices we get on him, he might be one to look at in that market as well. So Holmes, Kisner, Answer, Tyrrell Hatton. Bubba Watson. Those are my five against the field. I've filled my boots. Mm. Um, DraftKings plays. I know you're keen to talk about it. And as I said, we do get a lot of DraftKings listeners. Thank you to all of you. I think Christian Bizadenhoot. Mm. He is playing some fantastic golf, isn't he? As we know on the European Tour, is Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is all over my eight-week skill set trackers. Literally like a rash. Now, they're clearly all European Tour and one WGC event in there. But if he can get his head around the fact that I'm playing the PGA Tour, uh, I'm going to, you know, it's a step up. I'm going to play like a, you know, not play very well. If he if he actually just turns up and treats this as a normal golf tournament, he could play very well this week, Christian Bizadenhu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what price he's on DraftKings, but I doubt if he's ex- overly expensive. Seven thousand one hundred. So yeah, there's wow. uh, there's some good scope for a player. Like if him. you want a low owned European Tour guy that might show up and get you a top thirty, top twenty five finish, I think Christian Bezadenhu guys is a great shout. Mm. Yeah, and that's the point, isn't it? He's not going to pop on many of the uh, the US based models this week. So he's not going to he... pop many models in the US, is he? No, he's going to he's going to be overlooked in that respect. So. Um, he's quite, and another thing you looked at um, and you talked about in your preview was par 5 scoring which is pretty important to this and uh, yeah. players that are towards the top end of that this year um, Alex Noren's another one who's mm. um, who's playing very well on the par 5s at the moment and um, there's him there's uh, Kevin Strillman as well we finished uh, second uh, a few weeks back from memory so he's done some decent he did yeah that, that was was that Riviera? Yeah, it may well have been. I forget offhand exactly what it was, but uh, certainly, uh, certainly within the last month or so, seven thousand is available for on, uh, 
on DraftKings Strillman. So yeah, there's there's a bit of uh, bit of value to be found out there. I think Norin seven three. So for players that are you know top end of that. Um, Sorry, like Pebble Beach. Sport. Pebble Beach. Yeah. Strillman finished second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wyndham Clark was another one. He's been yeah, he's playing go. He's playing, playing good golf, Clark. golf, isn't he? He's uh, he's twenty first in the uh, the par five rankings for the season to date. And uh, yeah, three consecutive top twenty finishes coming into this. As well. I never ever back this guy, Paul, and nor do you. But Rafa Cabrera Bayo as well. I think he's playing. He's he's just bubbling along under the surface. He'll be low owned for DraftKings purposes. I think RCB. He, he's got a top five finish here as well. Yeah, yeah, he does like a backdoor top five, top ten, doesn't he? For DraftKings purposes, what we were looking yeah, for, well, isn't it? Yeah, precisely. Mm. It can be the make or break for your team, particularly if he does. I wonder if Graham McDowell's going to go well as well this week as well. You know, he won in Saudi in those awful conditions on those. Yeah, he's clearly an all Lando guy. He's got some good finishes here, Graham. There's mm. rumour, you know, he's fringy rider cup. This is his kind of assignment this week, isn't it? Winds blowing hard. GMAC. Yes, yes. You you, may you well never have, call him, right? <laughs> you may well have just stolen my thunder on one of my uh, outright picks there, Stephen. Mm. Go on, then. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's all right. I've, I've, I've backed two outright, actually. The first one's Sung Kang at 150 mm. to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, I took him with seven places each way with Bet Fred. Uh, par 5 scoring, he's top 40 for that this year. He's top 40 last year, so he can play the par 5s well. Um, at the Genesis, where he finished second um, two or three weeks back, he led the or co-led the field for par five scoring, so that stuck out nicely. He putted really well there actually that week as well. He doesn't mind a grind, and I think that's really what I was looking for with the players. And uh, you mentioned G Mac, and I'll talk about him in a second. But if you look at some of the, um, Kang's best finishes, yeah. um, sixth here last year at eight under. Um, was it, was it, was his score for the for the week? He was twelve under for the par fives that week um, here last year, second in the field. You go back to some of his performances at the uh, Quicken Loans at TPC Potomac, yep. third and yep. fifth back in yeah, yeah, yeah. 2018, 2017. Yeah, twenty seventeen. I looked to that for Abraham Answer. I think he was a place behind him that week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It does seem to Grinder. pop up in these. Uh, oh, don't forget Riviera a few weeks ago. He was yep. second. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's, when it gets tougher, I think he he comes into his own. The Texas Open back in 2017, um, he was sixth in that event, and that's another single figure um, winning tournament. I mean, for me, the only question really is his Bermuda grass putting. Um, and I look through his form, and generally, it's been better on pure Ben or Ben, ben or ben, ben, ben with a bit of yeah. power, yeah. yeah. Which, um, yeah. That but then been Riviera a few weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but the fact that he finished sixth here last year, um, for me, that's, that's uh, the price, 150 to one. I'm quite happy to take a chance on him to uh, to see how that goes. Where do you think he was, strokes game putting for that sixth here last year? Oh, there you go then. Um, out of, out of sort of 60, 65 players, he probably nailed a few. Second, sixth, sixth. <laughs> so clearly he can play these particular Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass yeah, greens very, very well. That's not a bad shout, is it? Mm. Not a bad shout at all. Um, so yeah, I've gone for Kang. I've also gone for Graham McDowell at 150 to 1. Again, seven places again with Bet Fred. Actually, Fred has got some very nice prices, and um, I'll go for that in a second with Qatar Masters. But uh, there's some, some good stuff from Bet Fred this week. Um, again, just to, just to echo what you just said a second ago, Steve, breezy conditions will suit. And cooler temperatures over the weekend that should suit the Europeans over the Americans, I think. And actually, if you look through the record here, 
Um, Europeans have got a good strong record in this this event generally, so yeah. um, I don't mind siding with uh, one of the guys from the other side of the pond this week. Um, fourth at the Sony, um, Miss Cutting yeah, Dubai, yeah. one in Saudi, as you said. Yeah. And that then, was seven under, was it? Who won that? Out? Yeah, it, wind it, it, is blowing twenty five thirty. Again, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a birdie fest by any stretch of the imagination, and that's exactly when he comes to his comes to the fore, isn't it? And last two starts, miscut sixty nine, and that's why you're getting one hundred and fifty to one. But if you look at out, you know that, that's our GMAC rolls. You go back to what year was it? Twenty thirteen, I think it was. Um, he won three. You remember that sequence he went through where he won, miscut, miscut, won, miscut, yep. won. You know, it, it was kind of three wins in six or seven starts, and it was just surrounded by miscuts in between times. And yep. um, he's that kind of player who can just lift his game. And as you said, in Ryder Cup year, is another one like Westy who's going out there and um, he's going to going to be going hell for leather to get himself automatically into that team. Oh, mate, he'll suit whistling straights, won't he? 7,900 yards, G-Mat. <laughs> he's going to be one of our strongest players. I don't that? think he'll get a pick if it's going to be on the... That's Steve being cynical, everybody. I don't. If, it, if it's down to course fit, I don't think he's going to get a captain's pick. But if he can find his way onto the team by by rights, then uh, then fair play to him. Yeah, and again, he, he, he fits big style this week. Jim. He doesn't. He. You talked about his uh, his form. He was second year in two thousand and five at the Bay Hill Invitational. Second again in twenty twelve. Third after day one last year. So he's another one potentially for a bit of first round leader action. I have another first round leader in mind and you won't be remotely surprised to know that I'll be going <laughs> going for the trusted favourite Matt Every this week. Um when some pricing comes up. So potentially I'll be I I'm, I'll have a good look at the first round leader market, but every G Mac and JB Holmes are potential first round leaders for me. I mean, every he loves this place, doesn't he? Virtually oh, dead does. last, he virtually dead last last week at the Honda, but um, that's kind of, again, that's kind of how he rolls. When he won this in twenty fifteen, he came off some horrible form, didn't he? And thing is, with every he was contending for the lead in Puerto Rico after fifty four holes. Was he in the top three or four? Mm. Yeah, collapsed, and then he manages to make the cut last week in um, at PGA National. Um, and then collapsed at the weekend. But he's not playing bad golf, really, I, for Matt for Matt Every. There's there's some sporadic mm. s- uh, flashes Brilliant. of form there. And mm. you know, for a first round leader bet, all you need him to do is tie that sporadic flash of form into yeah. those first eighteen holes. You can do what then he, he likes after that. Yeah, he can show eighty five the second round, I don't care. But we don't can, care, do we? No, if you can if you can come out with a sixty three and nail that first round lead, then that then that would be very nice indeed. And I think you're gonna get Again, not many books were up when I looked at this just a, a few seconds ago, Tuesday morning here. Um, but I think you're going to get between 150 and maybe up to around about 200 to 1 against every being first round lead. Which, again, Before, quite happy to have a pun on that. Yeah. Before we move on to um, Qatar, um, I'll just take you through the top 10 of our predictor model. Again, there's a link through in the description box. Paul mentioned it. Bet Fred are outstanding on price this week. Seven places each way. Um, if you fancy a Bet Fred account, they're top price right now on Fleetwood, 14s, Deshambo, 18s, Scott, 22s. Bit of Tony, Tony top five. At, uh, he's at 33 to 1 with Ricky Fowler and Jason Day. Uh, Justin Rose and Stenson, 40 to 1. Morikawa and Fitzparrick, the young guns. Fitzpatrick, 50 to 1. 
Hatton 55s, Kevin Kisner, 80 to 1. You will not get a better price, and they have got seven places each way, 50 odds. If you sign up via golf betting system, you get an additional 30 free spins on top of your bet £10 and get £30 in free bets offer for United Kingdom residents only. Um, key terms available at golf betting system. But we keep mentioning Betfred. We keep mentioning Unibet on the podcast. We're going to keep mentioning Boyle Sports soon as well because this year in 2020, they are topping the each-way charts. They are above Paddy Power. They are now eight places each way on European Tour and PGA Tour every week. Yep. Um, so, Boyle Sports, if you want to maximise each-way places now, Boyle Sports is the place to be. Yeah, they've been very I, mean, I got aggressive. I got JB, was it with Boyle Sports this week? At top price, 100 to 1. Yep, yep. Very nice. No, no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, top ten: Jason Day, thirty-three to one. Nine: Tyrrell Hatton, fifty-five to one. Uh, eight: Xander Schauffele, twenty-two to one. That's with Unibet six each way. Uh, Patrick Reed, twenty-eight to one with Unibet six each way. At uh, seven: six: Tommy Fleetwood at fourteen with Betfair eight places each way. Five: Hideki, twenty to one with Betfair seven uh, eight places each way. Four: Justin Rose, forty to one with Betfred seven places each way. I think a lot of people will be playing Rose both in DraftKings and in uh, betting this week, but mm. he's just showing nothing for me. Three is Adam Scott, twenty-two to one with Betfred seven places each way. Two is Ricky Fowler. There's another one that's struggling. Thirty-three to one with Betfair eight places each way. And number one, you won't be surprised. It's Rory, eleven to two with Betfair eight places each way. Mm. Right, let's talk Qatar Masters and let I, they've stitched you up again, aren't they? Brand new course for Qatar. <laughs> yeah, it's another one of these typical European tour curveballs that they throw at you every now and again. So, um, going go all the way back to 1998, and we've been playing at the Doha Golf Club, which um, we've got stacks of information, stacks of history, the stats going back over 20 years, and. You know, a nice linksy feel to the old track, and you could really get your head around it. And they've moved it, yeah. They've moved to um, the other side of the capital there in Qatar, Doha, and they've moved to a new Jose Maria Alathable creation, um, which we'll be seeing for the first. Only opened in twenty eighteen, so everyone's seeing it for the first time, pretty much, other than uh, anyone who's been lucky enough to go out there and play a pra- practice round. So, yeah. Another is this the these... new home ongoing, or is it all kind of one? I've not seen anything uh, to confirm or deny that, but we shall see. Um, yeah, I didn't see any rationale for moving it either. It's uh, it's strange, isn't it? You know, it's it's just um, it's frustrating when it happens because you have got all of this information that sits there and uh, helps to inform your picks, and then you you're kind of stumbling around in the dark on a new new track to uh, to try and get your head around. But let's let's embrace it for what it is, and I, I'm I'm not sure you can fully disregard all of the form because you know we're literally two three miles away from the old track just a little bit more in uh, inland but um but yeah clearly it's gonna it's gonna be slightly different it's gonna have its own nuances and yes let's uh we'll, we'll, we'll reserve judgment on the course until we've uh, we've seen it i'm sure it's a cracker um, let's have a look at the market then. Keimer, Martin Keimer is the favourite now this week, 14 to 1. Him and Thomas Peters opened around about the 16 to 1 mark as co favourites, but uh, Keimer's been backed into 14s on the back of his top 10 finish last week in Oman. Peters is out to 18 to 1 in places now after his missed cuts last week in Oman. Uh, Bobby McIntyre's playing this week, 20 to 1. Matthias Schwab is playing this week as well. Neither of those guys played last week, 25 to 1. 
Yost Loughton, 28 to 1. Yost was interesting this week, actually. He did find, you remember I said in last week's pod that I couldn't go with Loughton because his iron play, which is normally his strength, had been uh, just a bit off for the last few weeks. Well, he hit 86% of greens last week. He really did find that that, that's back to Yost Loughton category standard. So. He's, uh, he's starting to find his form again. So he's going to be one to watch over the next few weeks, I think. Um, Mike Lorenzo Vera, Thomas Detry, Gavin Green at 30 to 1, uh, Ross Fisher, Haltong Lee, George Katsaya, 33 to 1 this week, 35 to 1 bar. Gorgeous George Coatson. Yeah. Coatsaya. He's. <laughs> Gorgeous yeah. George. Oh, I don't know. He's. We talked about him last week, I just can't back him, but statistically it was very difficult to shift this week, I must say. Um, Education City Golf Club then, that's our venue this week. As I said, it's a Jose Maria Alathabel design, opened in 2018, 7,307 yard par, 70 to 71. And whereas Doha was, it was only a mile in land and it shared a bit of, um, a lot of linksy features really. With uh, you know more genuine links tracks, it was often windy, exposed. And um, I think this week, looking at the pictures and the description of the course, we're looking at something that's a bit more parklandy in style, a bit more green. It's I mean, it's still exposed. It's still a desert track, and um, but I get the feeling it's going to be a bit more like the Emirates Golf Club, um, where they play the Dubai Desert Classic, a bit more strategic potentially, a little bit more. Um, I'm not going to say classical in style because I'm not sure what it is, but um, it's. Uh, I think it's going to. Ha- it's going to be a different test to what we saw at Doha over the last or Doha Golf Club over the last twenty three years or so. And three par fives measuring five three nine five nine three and five nine two. So two two that are really quite long. Um, only a couple of par fours under 400 yards, so the rest of them are quite lengthy. The closing par four actually plays as a par five to the members is 513 yards. So that's how they've managed to squeak a par 71 rather than 72 out of it this week. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. I always quite quite enjoy a, a par five to finish where there's a bit of risk and reward and you know birdies and eagles are, are possible, but they've, they've gone for the par four option by the looks of it this week. So... Um, we'll see how that pans out. Actually, it looks like quite a tricky closing stretch with a couple of stern par fours before you get to that closing hole. So it might be a bit of a card buster for a few players this week. Uh, as I say, we've moved track. If, if you look at the players who've won this event before, um, just to give you a flavour, 2010, Robert Coulson won at 66-1. to 1. Thomas Bjorn the year after at 200-1. Paul Laurie won in 2012 at 50s. Um, we were on him that week, actually, Paul Laurie. Um, and again, that was it was a windy week, and you could kind of work through the linksy angle with that. So it was quite uh, it was quite a nice pick up that week. Chris Wood won one hundred to one the week or the year after. Again, you've got linksy angle there. Sergio won at eight to one. Grace twenty five to one in twenty fifteen. Grace again at eight to one in twenty sixteen. Tells a very similar story, doesn't it, in terms of these players with a linksy heritage. Uh, Young Yun Wang in 2017, 33 to 1. Eddie Peppel, 70 to 1 in 2018. And Justin Harding won at 55 to 1 last year. I mean, the only consistency between all of those players um, is they all had a top 10 finish in their last seven starts. 
um, and they'd all played the week before. Now, most of the field this week are coming here having played in Oman the week before. So if you're looking for that as a pointer, it's not really going to strip that many players out. Although there's a couple at the top end. Bobby McIntyre, as I mentioned. Um, Matthias Schwab didn't play last week. Um, Eddie Peppel didn't play last week. So there's a few of the more fancy players towards the top endish of the market who um, who didn't come here with a win. Or didn't, didn't come here with a with any um, game under them for the week before. Um, new course, I mean, there's not much to go on. There's not much in terms of descriptions and photos out there. For me, it looks like it might be about total driving. 7-3 for a par 71 at sea level is not going to be a pushover, I don't think. Um, there's lots of bunkering, lots of bunkering in the key landing areas. I think you're going to have to have an element of power. I think you're going to have to have an element of... Um, accuracy as well and it's been laid with paspalum, platinum paspalum grass throughout so on the tees on the fairways the rough and also on the greens so right. those players with some paspalum form and again you can look at Oman last week you can look at Saudi and um, you can look at Mauritius there were some China Open events that were played on paspalum as well dotted over the years as well so there's a few um a few different pointers that you can pick out of that paspalum angle um, if you decide to go down that route. So down the gorgeous George route, yeah? Yeah, again, if you look at paspalum players in terms of their performance over those events that I just read through, then George Katsayat sits at the very top of that if I could back George, I would have backed him this week, but I can't do it. I can't. Is George in your bucket? Well, I, I've I've not got a specific list because I'm not sure. I'd never say you never, have mentally I've... though, Paul. <laughs> you have mentally. You just don't. You don't voice it. Um, but I, well, I, I can't. You know, these these events all merge into one after a while. I I gave up on George after he was leading going into the final hole in an event that I backed him at. I don't know, eighty to one, some price like that, a few years back. Um. Mm. Standing on the final two in the lead, and um, I forget what he made an eight or a nine or something, and didn't even place. And um, after after hurling some abuse yeah. at the TV and probably going, you know, fully breaking my laptop until uh, <laughs> until I'd gone down to uh, to PC World and bought a new one. I, I that that was probably when I'd last vowed never to back Peter to back George Kurtzayer again, and uh, he hasn't. Uh, Hasn't found his way off of my list just yet. Doesn't George always win after like thirteen consecutive top ten finishes, and he 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 wins at like eight to one? Yeah, a horrible price in South Africa somewhere. In South Africa somewhere, yeah. Uh, Let's take take you through the top ten of the predictor model that you produced last week, Paul. Ten Ross Fisher thirty three to one with Betfair seven places each way. Uh, All of fifty odds if I mention the places. Nine is Jack Senior, 150 to 1 with Betfred, six places each way. Eight is Connor Sim, 90 to 1 with Coral, seven places each way. Seven, Thomas Peters, 18 to 1 with Betfred, six places each way. Six is Thomas Dietrich, 30 to 1 with Betfred, six places each way. Five, Alejandro Canazares, 100 to 1 with Bet365. Four, Gavin Green, 30 to 1 with Betfair, seven places each way. Three is Grant Forrest, 80 to 1 with William Hill, six places each way. Two, gorgeous George Ketsay, 33 to 1 with Betfred, six place each way. I say his name differently every time I mention it. And number one, people don't listen to this for pronunciation, for God's sake. 
<laughs> Number one, How Tong Lee. 33 to 1 with Bet Fred, six places each way. President's Cup 2019 player. Mm. Indeed. So Lee, Coatesy, Coatesy, or Grant Forrest, top three. Indeed. How Tong Lee. I mean, I, I looked through the top end of the market and I, I explained last week why I wasn't going to back Thomas Peters. I explained last week why I wasn't going to back. Martin Keimer, and nothing's changed really. I mean, Keimer clearly finished 10th last week and um, he's playing some decent stuff. Was it four consecutive top 20 finish on the trot? I just, I, for the price on offer, I just can't take him to actually win the golf tournament. He may well may well place, he may well finish eighth and really frustrate those people who've backed him uh, backed him each way. We shall see. And I guess of the top players, Yost. Loudon was the most tempting, um, given that he found his irons last week. Um, but I've gone for Hal Tong Lee, who topped the predictor, and as you say, he's, he's got this kind of President's Cup narrative, President's Cup bubble sitting there um, that seems to have produced, or has produced, um, four winners so far this season. Um, Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman, Adam Scott, Sanjay Im last week from the international teams have already won. Hideki's been reasonably close. Ants has been reasonably close this week, uh, this year as well. Um, clearly, you've gone down the answer route this week as well. Yeah. Um, personally, I've I've actually placed the President's Cup each way double on Answer and Hao Tong Lee this week as well. To see if that narrative can um, convert both sides of the Atlantic. We shall see. Going back to Lee, he missed the cut on his only attempt at uh, the Qatar Masters when it was back at Dawa. The change of venue negates that to a degree, I think. Um, I'm more interested in the win at the Dubai Desert Classic at the Emirates back in 2018. I think that's a better indicator of how it might go this week. Recent form, um, it's patchy, I guess. 41st miscut, 21st miscut, 18th last week in Oman. But if you dig through the uh, individual stats that 41st was in Abu Dhabi. He was sick for driving accuracy, third for putting that week. 21st was in Saudi, sick for greens in regulation that week. 18th last week in Oman on the Paspalum greens. He was third for putting average. Um, and actually, if you look further into his Paspalum form, he was also second in Saudi last year. Again on Paspalum, that was behind Dustin Johnson. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. led the field that week for putting. So if you put all of that together, and I think, you know, I, I don't think it's... It, you know the, the guys that played on the President's Cup team are clearly going to be elated for their um, teammates who've, who've got over the line, and I do think it will act as a shot in the arm to these players. I think there's um, a good reason to think that they're going to be infused and uh, and you know going to feel that it's now their turn to go and to get themselves over the line this week. So yeah, Hao Tong Lee is my top pick this week a couple of or two and a half points each way 33 to 1 I went with Bet Fred on that particular bet in fact Bet Fred were best price on all four of my selections this week so 33 to 1 um, with Bet Fred for Hao Tong Lee next now, up so can, well, let me stop you quickly Hao Tong yes. he's in the same kind of boat now as Thomas Peters isn't he and Martin Keimer i.e. With the European Tour not having many events going forward, oh, where's yeah. he going to play his golf? Because he's well, out there; they're all outside the world top fifty. They can't play in the states. It's so they're all going to have to have weeks off, yeah. Yeah, the, the schedule's so patchy now, isn't it? I and mean, you've got the Indian Open next week, which actually has yeah. got a uh, 
particularly a strong yeah, I, has, compared yeah. to what we've normally seen. Um, I, I suspect that um, that Bobby McIntyre will be favourite next week for, for that Indian Open. Um, but there's a, a fair few players from last year's uh, top um, 110 or whatever actually made it through to the, uh, got, the got their card are going to be coming over and playing in India. Because after that, um, you've got the, the world match play, which clearly is going to be an elite field. Week off, um, the Masters, which is clearly another elite field. Then you would have had the Malaysian um, or the Maybank Championship. You would have had the China Open. Both of those have been cancelled due to the coronavirus. Mm. Um, so then you're through to um, the Spanish Open, which is the last week of April. So some of these guys have got I'm literally staring at six weeks now before they've got a chance to play again. Gee, wow. Uh, the week after that, it's the Gulf Sixes. So again, that's you know, it's a very small field of players playing for you know a, a, a paltry prize fund. So it's um, yeah, some of these guys are going to be sitting there twiddling their thumbs for best that's part crazy. of months. And that, mm. that that's if the coronavirus doesn't impact the schedule any further. And mm. you know, I, you and I can't call that right now because no, no. It's, it's massively it's all developing as we're sitting here talking so uh, we shall see but yes you're right these guys who want to be getting into the top 50 who need to be winning golf tournaments who need to be playing golf tournaments literally aren't going to have the chance to do it no very strange set of affairs right now very interesting for a player like um, Thomas Peters who a lot of mm. people want in the European uh, Ryder Cup team for very good reason based yeah. on whistling straights how Tong Lee then yeah so Clearly, this week's a big opportunity for him. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, you know, there's no time for these guys to to think. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm working into some form and I'll do it next week because you know, for, there, there aren't many <laughs> next weeks. There aren't many next weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Right, okay. Right. Um, so I've got another three backing up Hao Tong and um, Brandon Stone. I backed last week. Um, I've got to stick with Stone this week. Fifty to one with Bet Fred. Um, he didn't do much wrong, really, did he? And another week, Valimaki doesn't make that. 20-foot to 25-foot, whatever it was on the last, and he wins. Or well, he makes the 12-foot on the second hole of the playoff and wins. Um, I, I've got to stick with him at that price. It mean, could go one or two ways, really, couldn't it? He could could have a horrible miscut this week. Um, or it could be instant redemption. Um, he, did, he seemed upbeat on Twitter afterwards. He seemed positive and enthused, clearly playing well. I mean, 10th and 2nd over his last two starts. He was first for total driving last week, first for ball striking. So the game's there. Um, it just needs one or two more putts to drop, and I think it could well be the um, the week for him to convert again over on the European Tour. He does have some uh, previous sort of having gone the second first back on the uh, back on the Sunshine Tour in the day, so um, right. there's a little bit of a, a precedent there. Should he do that this week? Yeah. Um, Stone at fifty to one. Um, similar field this week to last week. Similar conditions. Similar greens. I mean, for me, do you get a similar result? Um, I think you may well do. I've gone for Sammy Valimaki, and um, even though his price has been hammered, clearly he was available two fifty to one last week before his before he won eighty to one um, again with Betfred with six places each way. Um, but I think with these kind of players, it's very difficult. Or it's very dangerous to, to assume that they're just going to win and disappear. We saw with Brendan Todd, didn't we, in the PGA Tour just before Christmas that yeah. you shouldn't dismiss these players because they, when they find top gear, they can go out and win. You know, first week, second week, they can do it. Um, Unless Sammy's been out on the vodka, which he probably has been with his <laughs> team. Um, 
Well, you'd expect him to this, celebrate. This field is exactly the same strength of field as we saw last week. It is. And you know, and it's sim- a pretty similar golf course yeah, with the same kind condition. of greens. So, yeah, yeah. Similar condition. I think it would be, be similar in terms of the wind speeds, similar greens. Absolutely. Mm. I, I, there's, there's not a massive amount of difference, really. And if he's up for another week of performance, um, I, I couldn't see any reason to suggest he wouldn't. I mean, you go back, Thomas Peters um, went uh, win-win after he got his... Uh, his maiden performance. There was a week in between with Peters, and then uh, he won won the week after. Uh, Young and Wang won um, two consecutive, uh, twice in two consecutive weeks after he got his maiden win as well. So there is a precedent in relatively recent time for this having happened in the past. Um, and if you go back to his Golf Pro Tour performances last year, he won four times in total on the Golf Pro Tour last year. Um, Two of those wins were in back-to-back weeks, so he's clearly done it and done it relatively recently as well. So, again, eighty to one. I'm happy to find out if he has the game, and I was mightily impressed. I he looked a very impressive player last week, and um, so I'm quite happy to pay to see if he uh, see if he can go back to back. And um, finally, I've gone for Fabrizio Zanotti, the Paraguayan, at hundred and ten to one. Again, with Betfred six each way, fifty for the odds. Um, he was one of the last week's eye catchers for me. Normally a good tee to green merchant, but then um, second for putting average last week on the on the Pasplum greens really stuck out. And twenty fifth place finish that was in the end, and that followed form of missed cut missed cut fifty six. So clearly a much improvement. And um, shouldn't yeah. have come too much of a surprise really the Pasplum form because he has putted well in Amman in the past um, on the Pasplum greens. Um, and again, if you look at his um, performances over the last uh, three or four months or so, his long game's been looking good. I mean, Spain, he was ninth for driving accuracy, fourth for greens and reg. Turkey, he was fifth and 14th on the same score. And um, Saudi, um, 13th and 9th. And if you tie those performances in, the long game performances, with that putter that clearly found some form last week, on again, on similar greens to what we'll see here, um, it could go well. Um, two wins um, in the past, So, whereas a lot of these players in this field um, have zero wins or very, very rare. He won in 2014, 2017, so he's just about due another one, I think. No exemption now. That 2017 exemption is long gone. So um, it's about time that he won again, got himself a, a card sewn up for the next couple of years, and uh, he can just go and play his golf. 11th in Doha last year. That was his best Qatar performance, clearly on a different track, but... Uh, Perhaps he can take a little bit of Very, very there. spiky Zanotti, isn't he? He is, yeah. And he, he usually get... uh, when he gets in the mix, he can be very, very dangerous. Yeah. yeah, and he tends to win off relatively under the radar form. Mm. You remember, it was probably a year or so ago, he was playing some really consistent stuff. And he was being priced in the kind of 33, 40 yeah, to 1 bracket. Slaughtered, yeah, yeah. bookmakers and it... get well after. Get yeah, after. yeah, They know him, don't they? They get right under him. Absolutely. And he, and he didn't win. He didn't convert at that point. Yet you'll find that when he does win, it's probably a form that looks far more like what we're seeing here. Miscut, miscut, 56, 25. Yeah, a three-figure price. So, yeah, happy to have a go with Fabrizio Zanotti this week. So, to confer- oh, to, to summarise, uh, Fabrizio Zanotti, 110 to 1. Sammy Valley Mackey eighty to one, Brandon Stone fifty to one, Hao Tong Lee thirty three to one, all with Bet Fred, all with six each way, a fifth of the odds this week. Was it difficult? I I'm not going to say anything because I'd I'd be guessing. I don't know the uh, new course where. But was it difficult for you after last week's podcast to not put Eddie Pepperell in your team? <sighs> yeah, the thing that put me off Eddie. Um, 
is I couldn't find any specific reason why he didn't play last week because he was due to play last week. Um, and all of those Qatar Masters winners had acclimatised for a week before all of them had played the week before winning over the last um, 10 years, going back to 2010 when I first started okay. counting it. Yeah. So if you, you know, I guess when push comes to shove, you need to make, um, yeah, yeah. You, know, you need to cut the line somewhere. And that was really where I stopped with Eddie. Um, you never know with Eddie. Um, there is fifty to one, or there was fifty to one out there. I know he's been he's been tipped and he's been backed in a little bit. So, what's the betting that Benjamin Hebert also comes and bites <laughs> us on the backside? Miss cut last mm. week. Give yeah. him the big build up. Yeah, wins the week after. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, that's the kind of uh, the kind of way that this game rolls, happens, isn't it? We Paul, see. appreciate your time today. Yeah, best of luck for your picks this luck. week. Best of luck, best of luck, best of luck. Best of luck to listeners. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Don't forget, Players' Championship next week. Big, big podcast. Would really like to read out your uh, iTunes Apple podcast review. So make sure you leave your name with the review as well. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week. Goodbye.